go to prayer today. Lord Jesus, where your children have been gathered together in your name, we want to express our love and appreciation to you because you are worthy. And there's no one like you, Lord. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, God, a Redeemer that would leave all of heaven to come to earth to pay redemption's price for sinners, for worthless ones. But you, a God rich in mercy, didn't leave us in a worthless condition, but you saved us from our sins, Lord. We thank you for that mercy and grace today. We ask, Lord, your blessings upon us as we look into your word, Lord, that you'll honor us with your presence. Lord, that you will confirm your word with your presence. Lord, even if you couldn't honor us, you can honor your word, Lord. And we ask, Lord, so that you'll honor it today. You'll just come among us, the healer. The healer that can heal the soul. Lord, that can redeem us from the the darkness of the world, of the sin that's upon the age. Lord, the, the healer that can heal the sick. Lord, that can cleanse us and purge us and make us white and some white as snow. I pray, Lord, you'll do it today. Every need, Lord, that you'll supply among your children, Lord. Bring healing and deliverance, Father, we ask. Lord, bless every person that has gathered, those that are listening by the way of Internet or however they're hearing the word, Lord. We pray, God, that you'll bless them today. Your little bride around the world. We heard it mentioned Japan, but Lord, they're scattered all over the world today. Lord, needs that are there in the body, serious needs that are situations. Lord, I pray that you'll meet them, I pray. Come on the scene today. Lord, may there be such a revival, such a moving of the Holy Spirit today. We'll know we have been in your presence when we leave here. But we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to see each one of you today in the house of the Lord. Amen. Worshiping the Lord together with us. Amen. We're happy to have you in our service today. Just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Amen. And we appreciate uh, real godly mothers. Amen. And you know, one of the greatest joy for parents is to know that our children walk in truth. Amen. And some, you know, as I was passing along uh, some of the churches coming through and just seeing, um, you know, the parking lots uh, more full today than what they normally are, I thought, you know, many of the children have come to join and be with um, the parents there in church. I think that's a good thing to honor mother in such a way to do that. And so we're happy to have each one of you and we just welcome you today. Pray the Lord will bless you in a special way. Thinking about that, my mother, you know, is, is and, my, and my wife and I, are we, we're in that stage of life where our parents have, are gone on on the other side. We wouldn't call them back, amen, but we sure do miss them here, amen. But one day we'll join together. It'll be a great grand reunion day, 
Amen. My, what a fine family, Brother Johnny, Sister Doretha. God bless you, all of you. We welcome you today in the name of the Lord. And I hope you feel right at home and apart with us today. Amen. It's a fine family to be gathered together with you on this wonderful day to honor the Lord and honor our mothers. Amen. God bless you. Amen. It's Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. What a change in my life. Aren't you glad for that change in your life? Well, it's Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Working on the this morning we'll get right into the word Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 and uh, we'll just look into the word today we want the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the word and minister to hearts and lives amen I know this is a special day for many of you and maybe you've got uh, dinner appointments and whatever but we got an appointment with Jesus this morning amen we want to hear from his voice today let him speak to us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every way and every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 12 and verse 3. As we look here 
having read about the blood of the everlasting covenant, and that's what we'll be speaking on today, the blood of the covenant. We'll look here in Exodus chapter 12, and we'll read from the third verse. It was a very serious time in Israel. They were leaving Egypt, going to a promised land. We are also in an Exodus hour. Amen. This is a very serious hour that we're in. It's a time that we really make our call in an election sure. We know where we stand in this hour. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 3, speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if a household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs shall they, they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let none of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. For it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Amen. May God bless you. you. can be seated. As I said this morning, we're going to be speaking on the blood of the covenant. As we look here in our opening scenes of our scripture, we can see where that death was striking Egypt. And God was going to kill um, all the firstborn of all the Egyptians, whether it was man or beast, that there would be death there in the camps of the Egyptians. There had been great plagues that were already had fallen, and um, you know, the boils had broke out, fire was falling, the rains had come, the hail had come, but God provided a place for his elect not to have to be a part of that. Amen. He had a place called Goshen. And, and, of course, there was now a spirit of death that was coming upon the land. And remember, you know, that's something that we must always realize that we are here in a very similar hour. 
where death is striking the land. And Israel would have to have something to keep them from dying. That they, you know, they, uh, because of sin, death would strike them too. And um, the wages of sin is death, and Israel had sinned just like the Egyptians had sinned. As we would quote the scripture, all is sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, so God, so that they would not die, um, his people who were trying to follow him, he provided for them a lamb and a blood over the door that would protect their firstborn. And of course, that was God's provided way and that, that there was a blood that would atone to keep the death angel uh, from coming in and destroying, bringing death into the home. Now, I want to quote Brother Branham in saying this, that any religion today that hasn't got the blood life of Jesus Christ behind it, the death angel is on it. Amen. The death angel separated from God. Yes, indeed, Ichabod is wrote over every bit of it that hasn't got the blood. And if you wonder what that is, that was when a child was named in Israel because of a great defeat that was there um, in the time of Eli and the child, uh, as the, the parents, the, Eli had died and, and the father had died of this child. The mother named the child Ichabod, meaning the glory of the Lord uh, has been taken or removed from us. And so uh, it has departed. So again, the, the Ichabod is wrote on every bit of it. He said, in other words, the glory of the Lord has departed. And we, we can see the effects in the world that we're living in because of the departing of the glory of God. As sin increases, as wickedness increases upon the world that we live in, that we know that is because that Ichabod is written over our religious systems, even our governments in the land, and ever, that our, even our families, that the glory of the Lord is departing. We see the Holy Spirit is lifting from the age that we're living in. And you say, well, I'm glad the blood. He said, if the blood hasn't taken effect, if it hasn't taken effect, and you see it in your life. You know, many people claim it and say, oh, I'm under the blood. I made a profession of faith. I joined a church. But if you don't see it in your life, it hasn't been applied to you. Amen. So you might even have something else beside the blood. You might have an injection of theology or an injection of some sensation. Or you say, I quivered, I shook, I danced, I've done this. He said, be careful. If the medicine ever strikes you, it's good for every human being. Amen. It'll save from sin. It is, it, it'll clean up from a life of sin. It'll make a different person out of you. It'll take the doubt away. Amen. It'll make you a new creation in Christ. Amen. It'll make a different person out of you. Amen. And there, when death struck evil, uh, Egypt, uh, God separated a belief from unbelief. And that's what he's doing today by the same blood of the Lamb. Now, for the Israelites was leaving Egypt was a type of this end time because this is an exodus also. There was death in the Lamb. And let me just say today, there is death in the Lamb. 
As I wrote, uh, read to you Wednesday night about the statistics of Christians who are, who are actively seeking out porn and 80% and 70%, 50%, you know, depending on the age groups, where that they're feeding on every kind of devilish thing that there is. And here it is destroying their lives, it's destroying their homes, it's destroying marriages. Amen. We have today people that are dying, children that are dying, marriages that are dying, homes that are dying, and churches are dying. Demons like vultures flying around, circling around, looking for a place to land. And I'll tell you what, he'll find a place to land on you if there's no blood there. Amen. I, I, I quoted you Wednesday night about Brother Branham and where he cast a demon out of Nellie Sanders. And he said that demon rose up from her uh, there where she had, uh, you know, where, where it had come up on her. Now, remember, she was a repented person. She had, had a sweet peace that had come on her. She had acts of salvation that had happened to her. But she didn't go all the way. She didn't get sealed to the day of redemption. And so here a spirit took her in a moment of weakness. Let me tell you, you're not strong enough to keep the devil out. You're not powerful enough to hold him at bay. There's only one thing that will hold him at bay, and that's the blood. Are you with me now? It's really important that we understand that even Brother Branham said that that demon rose up out of that woman and he said, come out like a bat with black wings and hair hanging off of it and his feet, long hair coming down off its wings and feet and flew at him and he said, the, the blood of Jesus protect me from that. You see, even the prophet of God was not safe outside of the blood. And I don't care how good you are, how religious you are, how right you are in your doctrine, how much you believe the message, how straight you cross the T's and dot your I's. If the blood ain't there, the towns of hell are on the way. You're vulnerable. Amen. Now, there's deaths in the line. And the blood was a token. If you notice... He said the blood must be a token. That's not shouldn't be a hard word for you to understand. Token is a sign. It's a sign that there was a death already in that home, that the blood of the lamb had atoned for that sin. And the token was a sign on the doorpost that told the death angel, keep out. Amen. Keep out. You, you can't come in here. Because why? The blood is there. Because the blood was shed on my account. And I've accepted that blood. And I've applied that blood. And because of that, the death angel cannot enter in. It's really important that we understand what the token is. The token is today the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, so the blood was a token or identification, identifying this person had been redeemed. Notice they were redeemed before anything had happened. 
By faith, they applied the blood. Before it actually happened, the blood was applied by faith, believing that it was going to happen. Before that wrath of God passed through the land, the blood had to be applied first. It was too late after the blood, uh, after, um, after the, it was too late after the wrath had already fallen. We, we have a lesson here that we could really maybe bring to your thought just a moment. Look, before it happens, before there's coming a time that you'll not be able to have any blood applied, yeah. right now is the time to apply that blood. Amen. Amen. You know, I'd like to look at a scripture for a moment because it's going to come to this. Every one of you will come to this place. There is a line that is being drawn, and we're getting closer to the edge. And one day we will cross this over this line of this scripture right here, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 11. I want you to look at this with me. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work might be, shall shall be. Now notice as we're looking at this, this is a line. Amen. We're coming right down to this. This is why we're trying to get every soul saved. So that Jesus can come because this is at the moment of his coming because the next thing, and behold, I come quickly. So you see, this is the event as he comes, as he comes and he appears and he takes his bride, those that are righteous, they will be righteous still. Those that are holy will be holy still. But those caught on the other side, if they're filthy and immoral, they'll still be filthy and immoral. Amen. They're going to be left in that condition, locked in there, in that serious situation. This is nothing to play with. This is where that we realize any moment, any moment, any moment. Listen, I want to just bear it to you. We're over time. We're in the last of the last of the last age. Amen. We're at the finish line. We're already over time. You don't have another moment to spare. Amen. I'll tell you, you can't get in soon enough. Amen. We're trying to get every soul saved so that Jesus can come. He cannot come until that last one that has the name on the book of life that was put there before the foundation of the world. And when that name is called, then that's the last one then. He came to redeem, to bring back. Redeem means to bring back. And, and when he brings the last one in, He's sitting at the right hand of God, quoting Brother Branham now, tonight doing his meditorial work. And when that last soul is saved that was redeemed and seen and knew by God before the foundation world, when that last soul is saved, that closes the book. And then the Lamb comes and takes the book out of the right hand of him that sits upon the throne. He's coming then. He's coming to the earth. Amen. Now, I would like to share just another little quotation from the Philadelphian age. Because this was the sixth age. In the eyes of God, time is drawing to a close. He will soon be coming back. 
Soon the cry will go forth as he comes, and he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Him that is holy, let him be holy still. Soon the cry will go forth. What I read to you is a cry that will actually go forth. And when it does, there's no more going to be saved. Not another Gentile saved. You better get to the blood now. Amen. Because this is the last warning. Let me tell you, there will not be another. Just in case you don't know it, we're in the last church age. We're in the last days, little children. Amen. There will not be another age after this. Already the throne room is set up. The 12 foundations have been laid. The streets of gold have been paved. I'm talking about God's ready to take a people home. Amen. The, the gates of gigantic pearls are raised and hinged. And like a pyramid, she stands so fair and glorious. The heavenly beings who, who have prepared her watch breathlessly, for she glistens and shines with the glory that is unearthly. Every facet of her beauty tells a story of amazing grace and Jesus' love. She is a city prepared for a prepared people. She awaits only for her inhabitants. And soon they will throng her streets with joy. And I say, oh, what a day that'll be. What a glorious day. Amen. But yes, this is the last call. The spirit will not speak in another age. The ages are over. That's where we're at. The ages are over. We've reached the end. There's not another to come. But as he said, but thank God at this moment, this age is not over. He is yet crying, and his cry is not only in the spiritual ears by, uh, of men by his spirit, but once again, a prophet is in the land. And once more, God will reveal the truth as he did to Paul. How many believes that? Amen. In the, the days of the seventh messenger, in the days of the Laodicean age, the messenger will reveal the mysteries of God as revealed to Paul. Amen. And he will speak out, and those who receive that prophet in his own name will re- receive the benefit effect of that prophet's ministry. Amen. And they that hear him will be blessed. They that hear him will be blessed. How many feels blessed this morning? You are a blessed people. And become part of that bride of the last day who are mentioned in Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Amen. I've heard that voice. Amen. I'm echoing it today. Come. The corn of wheat, the bride wheat that fell in the ground at Nicaea has come back to its original word grain. Again, praise God forever. Yes, listen to the authenticated prophet of God who appears in this last day. What he says from God, the bride will say. Amen. Amen. The spirit and the prophet and the bride will all be saying the same thing. Amen. You won't be reading between the lines and getting something the prophet didn't say. Amen. But what this prophet said. The spirit said, that's why the prophet said it, and the bride will say the same thing. Not something different, not an addition, not adding to it, not expanding it. Amen. They're saying it now. That's what the true bride does. And it says, come out from her and be separate. 
The cry is going out. The cry is going out. How long will the voice cry? We do not know. But one thing we do know, it won't be long, for this is the last age. I want you to look over at your neighbor and tell them this is the last age. There ain't no more coming. We're at the finish. The longing of every age has been to be at this time. The desire of every church, every messenger, has been to be at this time. And you're here. Amen. Now, there's no bright age after the seventh one. Amen. The seventh age is the bright age. Yes, the age began with the Zusa Street movement, but it ends with the bride and her rapture. Now, isn't it a shame that some churches around the message today can't even worship and sing about the literal and physical and corporal coming of Jesus Christ because they say he's already come? Or he come in another form? Amen. But let me tell you, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. And the Spirit is spoken. Amen. And we are looking, we are people expecting the return of Jesus Christ. Do not take that expectation away from the church. That has got to be what our eyes is on. You say, well, Brother Tim, you know, he's come and he's here in the bride form. That's his appearing. His coming is in a literal, physical body. Amen. We are part of his appearing. The prophet was a part of his appearing. The, the message was a part of his appearing. But his coming is when we will see him and not another. And when we see him, we'll be like him. But we'll see him as he is. And I'm going to say today, we're here at the last age, at the last of the last. And it's not over. And how can you be so sure? Because I'm still here. And I know he ain't going to leave me. Because I'm part of him. Are you with me? Amen. Thank God it's not over. As yet there's still mercy. As yet there's still grace. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, but I see as demons are entering people, using their body, talking out of their mouths, we better have the blood of Jesus. As Brother Branham himself screamed out when he looked at that bat with long hair, hairs coming and said, oh, the blood, Lord God, the blood of Jesus Christ, protect me from that. We've got to have the blood. There's insanity in the world. And that's not my only concern. There's insanity in the pulpit. It's insanity to say we're not in the seventh age any longer. It's insanity to pretend we're over in an eighth age somewhere. It's insanity to say we're in the eighth day when you're obviously not. You're right here. Why don't you tell my body it's in the eighth day? It ain't. And neither are you. Amen. We might have had the redemption's process and, and have the eternity dawn within our soul, and I'll give you that. I can also give you, we've had the millennium, the, the eternal Sabbath rest that happens in our soul, but we ain't in the millennium. We ain't in the eighth day either. We are right here in the seventh church age under the seventh angel's message, and it's insanity to say anything different. Spiritual insanity. Amen. 
And they saying, well, uh, you know, we got preachers in the pulpit today saying, this ain't, we, we're not in Laodicea no more. And your churches are dying? And you got young people in trouble? And there's still sickness in the body? And we still don't have our body changed? And, you, and we're still having to fight against lukewarmness? And you can't get people to church on Wednesday night and hardly Sunday anymore? And you say, oh, we're, we're not in Laodicea. My friend, you are in Laodicea. I'm in Laodicea, but I'm fighting through it. And I'm going to overcome it. Because those that overcome will sit with him on his throne. Amen. Saying, well, Jesus is no longer the seat of mercy. That's insanity. Amen. Saying that Christ is not the place where God chose to put his name, but now it's in my group. That's insanity. Amen. The second coming of, you know, is Christ coming in in a bride and and there's no literal coming. That's insanity. Amen. Sure, he's here in bride's forms. Amen. Sure, he's in the church. Sure, we're his body upon the earth. Amen. But he's got a body that sits there on the throne of intercessory, intercessing for us. The high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmity. Amen. Somebody that paid the price for us, that without his blood, we're all lost. Well, we don't need no bleeding sacrifice today. I need him. I need him every hour. Amen. You can't look to some church to forgive your sins. Amen, that's spiritual insanity. Amen, we've got to have Jesus. We must have him. Amen, the, the bride is not the, the Catholic Mary that now does his intercessory work. That's insanity. She's not to see the mercy he is. She is the redeemed, not the redeemer. She is him, but he is not her. Amen. She cannot do his work. His work is his atonement. And her work is faith in the atonement. Amen. Sure, we can intercede on the behalf of others. That's what praying is all about. Amen. Believers interceding through prayer about a need. But the bride isn't the intercessor. Amen. There's only one that God hears, and that's Jesus Christ. And we approach God through his sacrifice. You cannot come any other way. I hear Brother Branham in perfect faith. I am your brother, standing as your brother, an intercessor, trying my best to hold you before God. And I'm standing right here before the white throne now and, and pointing my finger to that bloody sacrifice there and speaking through his name that it's done. That's the only way that we have power of remission of sins is pointing people to Calvary. Wrath has fallen. The mind of Satan is taken over. He's using bodies to tempt, to destroy, to kill, and to speak. Revelation chapter 17 verse 13 says they have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Now, so they, they will give their power. They actually give their power. They yield their bodies. They yield their, their bodies, even, even their anointing to the beast. Listen, we're in a time where wrath is falling on the land. Is somebody with me? 
Therefore, as the evening shadows are appearing and the wrath is ready to be poured out from on high upon ungodly nations, upon ungodly believers, the professors without a possession upon these things. And Brother Brandon said, I've tried to unfold myself and live right among it to see where it was standing before I said these things. But now we're living in the shadows. And I'll tell you what, the shadows ain't got nothing but deeper. Demon powers and demon forces ain't got nothing but worse. Come on. Darkness is is even more than what it was when he was here. Professors without a possession. Wrath being poured upon the ungodly believers. Professors without a possession. We're living in the shadows and the wrath is ready to strike. And God is requiring a token that you yourself have received this token, the Holy Ghost. It is the only way and the only sign that God will ever pass because it's the literal life of Jesus Christ returned back to the believer. Hallelujah. You see, animal life couldn't do that. The woolly lamb couldn't do that. But we got a better sacrifice. We have a greater atonement. We've got a better covenant. And it would require blood in the old covenant. It requires blood in the new covenant. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Amen. It had to show that a life had died. That you had accepted the death of a lamb in your place. Now, Brother Branham would follow up his sermon on the token with a message called Desperations. And he says, I would imagine the children, when they saw them big, black wings drop down from the sky like smoke settling over the city. Can you imagine that? Screams coming up from every house. The children might have went to their daddy and daddy and said, Daddy, are you sure we're under that token? He'd go to the door and he'd look at the post, the lentil, and say, Son, it's according to his word. Remember, I'm your oldest child. Daddy, are you, are you positive? I'm positive. That according to what the prophet told us, and he has the word of the Lord, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Take a lamb for the house. I brought all you children in. You're my oldest but my firstborn, and that's the ones that are dying out there, but there is the blood. Amen. I just want to say, we can see death and dying everywhere. We can see that, that our homes are being invaded by demons. We can see the churches are invaded by demons. We can see everywhere that demon invasion is taking over the minds of people and they're giving their mind and their power and their strength to the beast. Are you with me? Amen. But there is a blood. There is a place of protection. There is a place of safety. And it's there behind the blood. How many daddies are ready? You got your staff in your hand? You prayed up? Can your child see that you're getting ready? I wonder if they can tell we're getting ready to leave. 
We're not planning on staying. We're planning on leaving. We're going in an exodus. Listen, it's in every type of the Bible. Amen. And we are the anti-type, which means we're the fulfillment of that type. So that was actually prophesying of us. Come on. Didn't we have a prophet with a pillar of fire? Amen. Didn't we have a voice that spoke to us in our day and hour, a voice behind the sign? Didn't we have two signs that were shown, uh, the sign in the hand and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the binding of the serpent? Didn't we see that happen? Come on, church. Amen. Haven't we had a messenger in this day? Amen. Then we have got instructions on what to do. And that is to get beneath the blood. Because anything out from under the blood, Ichabod, is going to be wrote over them. Instead of blood being their sign, it'll be a sign that the glory of the Lord has departed. I wonder, husband, can your wife see it? I wonder, wife, can your husband see it? What are we looking for? What kind of families, what kind of people ought we to be? How serious we are in a very serious moment. Chunk is it, Daddy? Why you got your shoes on? Why do you got your stuff in your hand? Why do you got that unleavened bread in, in your hand and the lamb in the other? How come, you, how come you're, you're always in that word and searching things out and seeing and making your calling election sure and, and seeing if there's leaven in the home? Amen. I'm going to tell you, I can tell there's a lot of you hadn't been checking for leaven in your home. Amen. Because there's a lot of leaven been showing up that we've had to deal with. And it's on because of neglect. Are you with me? Amen. But when you are desperate, you know, you're eating those bitter herbs. And you realize the death angel's coming. I've got to be prepared. I've got to make it ready. Amen. What's that sweat running off your face? Amen. How come you're in such a desperation? Why, why are you so serious about this? It's time to get serious. Amen. You can't play church anymore. This is about getting serious with God. Putting everything you've got into it. Why why are you eating that unleavened bread of sincerity and truth? Because we got to bind the serpent. And you ain't going to bind him without that sincerity and truth. Somebody help me preach. And to do that, brother, it takes the eating of the bread. Come on. This is Paul's teaching. Amen. The bread of sincerity and truth. He said, this is Christ is our Passover. And the Passover is observed with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Why? Because we're going to have to bind the serpent in this age. He's after our kids. He's after our newborns. You know, I, I had to bring my cattle up close to my house to yesterday and, or the day before because the buzzards had got to one of our, our little baby calves, just newborn. They'll get them, they'll just flock over them. They'll just flock over them. And they'll try to, they'll try to, to, to kill them as they're coming out of the birth canal. They'll eat them alive. 
newborn babies, newborn calves. I looked out this morning, and there was about a dozen of them flocked around a cow. And I look, and I can see a newborn baby. You think me as a good shepherd just going to go say, y'all, y'all buzzards have a good picnic. You think I would be a good farmer to do that? No, I went and got me a weapon. Amen, I went and got me a weapon. Amen, you're going to let the buzzards come into your home? You're going to let the vultures get your kids? You're going to let the vultures haul off your family? Come on, you're going to let demons come and overtake you? It's time you pick up your weapon. Amen. Amen. Even Abraham, when he slew the sacrifice, he had to keep the birds and the fowls off of it. And you've got to keep it out of your worship. First thing you'll know, you'll be worshiping in a video game or some sex pornography thing or some ball game or this or that or the other. You worship one thing, and that's God. And you drive the vultures off of your sacrifice. My sacrifice, my life is not for vultures. My life is presented to God. Son, death is fixing to strike. So we're in an hour of desperation. Brother Branham would tell us, I believe, after preaching the token message, We want to get into that for a while this morning. You just pray for me. Just say, I'm just not say, pray a little prayer just right now and say, God help Brother Tim to say the right things today, to get to the points that needs to be covered. He says, I believe we're living in the days, or otherwise, the days that we're living in should cause. The church to go completely in the desperation. I believe since this message, which was on the token, this morning from God, not me. Listen, from God, not me. I believe it ought to throw this entire congregation into desperation. That we have played long enough. We went to church long enough. We got to do something. Amen. Oh, you say, Brother Tim, Brother Branham against going to church, that's not what he's saying. If you got that out of it, you missed it. Amen. But what it is is we we played long enough. We pretended long enough. Amen. We just went to the church and went through the motions long enough. It's time we make it count. Put everything we got into it. It's a serious hour. How is it we can see these other signs and wonders done on others? And what about us? Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, there was demons cast out in that meeting we just in. Yeah, there was. But what about you? Have you dealt with your demons? Come on. Amen. You say, well, you know, Brother Tim, you know, you know, you know, a lot of people can sit back there legalistic and, and say, ah, look at that. You know, look, look at all that trouble in, in that church. Look, look at them people that ain't what they're supposed to be. What about you? Bring it down to home. You know, quit pointing at everybody else. And look at your own self. 
So I don't come to church there. There's too many hypocrites. Well, you've got to be, you've got to be something, you know, smaller than what you hide behind. So you're smaller than they are if you're hiding behind a hypocrite. Right? Amen. So again, the signs of his coming. It should bring this entire congregation when we read it from the words. And we can see signs of his coming. Amen. The Holy Spirit tell us, go to a certain place, such and such thing. Not, not tell us what it was, but it would happen. We'd go there. It happens this way. Newspaper packet, magazine packet. Show the pictures of it. Come back. See these great mysteries hidden in the Bible open to us on a new field that we never knew before and perfect, perfectly blends into the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, what we read about today was about a Passover. Simply means the day when the death angel passed over the house. Passed over because of the blood. I want you to understand we're in another Passover. Because the death angel's all around. Amen. Now the Passover represented, it typed out salvation because it was, it was a salvation from death. Right? But in order for it to be effective, it must be fully applied. Not partially, fully applied. Now, there was the examining of the lamb that we read about. It was taken up on the 10th day, kept unto the 14th. So the lamb was killed after kept up for three days. I'd like to read it to you in, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. And we'll, we'll read the description of what he would have them to do. Now this is the whole order of salvation. The salvation from, from the death down in Egypt. And we want to look at this because it was a type of our own salvation. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel, said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. So remember, it's a lamb for a house. And man, it's not good enough to do it at the church. Every family must have the lamb. It's not just a church attendance thing. Every family, every house must have a lamb. Now let me bring it down beyond your dwelling. Now let's bring it down to this house, this flesh. Every house must have a lamb. Amen. Are you with me? Every house. It ain't good enough your mama's got it. It ain't good enough your daddy's got it. It ain't good enough your kids is the one that's got it. You got to have the lamb. Amen. You say, well, they did this. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about you. This ain't about what others are doing with Jesus. This is about what are you doing with Jesus. Well, you don't know what people have done to me. I could care less what people have done to you. Amen. I'm sorry for your heartaches and your troubles, but friends, your real problem ain't them people. Your real problem is your own self. You're going to have to deal with the devil inside. Amen. Because every one of you are born with sin nature. 
and you got to deal with that devil. Now, I want you to listen. Draw out, take a lamb according to your families, kill the Passover, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lentil and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out the door of his house until the morning. Stay under the blood till we leave. We're leaving in the morning. Oh, that bright and cloudless morning. When the dead and cross shall rise. Amen. Stay in there under the blood until we leave. Till you get the call to come on out. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and whom he, when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. So now we got a lot of steps in here that maybe you overlooked. The lamb was examined. It had to be a perfect lamb. Amen. I don't think we could get a more perfect lamb than Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything, everyone had to say he's without blame. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Amen. The lamb has been examined. I I would like to submit that, you know, we went over and over and over through the ages examining the lamb, talking about him, how perfect he was, how good he was how he healed, how he was without blemish. We've had a lot of sermons on the lamb. But talking about the lamb is not the same as applying the blood of the lamb. Giving a good talk about Jesus is not gonna save you. What's gonna save you is when his life comes into your life. Amen. The blood was then collected in a basin. So now we got a good collection, collector's meeting going on. I got the blood. I've got a collection. I, I have the blood in a basin. Then the blood was dipped in hyssop or hyssop. And the blood was applied then on the doorpost of the lintel. Amen. Now, that's what's shown on the outside. On the inside is the eating the lamb and the unleavened bread. And preparations made to leave. All of this is a part of it. Now, all of this was a part of steps to fulfilling the Passover salvation. To be saved from death is to escape the coming wrath. Now, friends, wrath is coming. You just think things have got bad with school shootings and people going crazy and shooting up, uh, you know, schools and innocent people and people dying and all kinds of trouble going on and and insanity, insanity everywhere. You just think it's bad now, just wait until all hell is loosed. Amen. Well, just wait to wait to those things that have been placed in the imagination of people that got in their spirit realm become to be mounted, come out and to haunt them and to torment them. When they realize I 
I am still filthy and there's no way to get clean. I'm still unholy and unrighteous and there's no one, nothing now to purge me. I miss my chance. All these other steps are good. Examine the lamb. It's a perfect sacrifice without blemish. That's good. He is a worthy lamb. Making a profession of faith is good. Amen. Gathering the, the, the hyssop was good. Got to have it. Collecting the blood in the basin was good. Got to do that. Applied the blood with hyssop. Is, it's the, the hyssop is the type or it represents faith. Right. Now I want you to get this. It represents faith. Well, you can't apply the blood without hyssop. You cannot apply the life, the blood, the Holy Ghost without hyssop, without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Now, but I'll tell you, you can have all the hyssop you want and wave it in the face of the death angel. And say, I believe, I believe, I believe in Christ. I believe he's a perfect lamb. I, I believe, I believe. And you can wave that hyssop. You can say, I've got all this faith. I believe, I believe the message, Brother Tim. I believe God sent a prophet. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I, I believe in all of it. But without blood on that hyssop. Unless the Holy Ghost comes and unites with your faith. And gets applied to your life. The death angel still got you. You can stand out and wave all the hyssop you want. The death angel still coming in your land. When I see the blood. Just as Israel needed hyssop. You must also have the blood applied. You need the hyssop. But you got to apply the blood. Your faith wasn't given to you to accept a creed or a statement of faith. The hyssop without blood is just hyssop. Believe in the message is not enough. Follow my thinking now just for a moment. Believing the seals are open is only hyssop. Your faith is not to be in the seals. You didn't hear what I said, did you? Your faith is not to be, your faith for salvation is not in the seals. And understanding those mysteries. Your faith is not in the seals. Your faith has to be in the blood that was shed personally for you. Amen. Your faith must be anointed, plunged, dipped, in the blood, the Holy Spirit, and then the blood, the Holy Spirit applied to seal out the death angel. Striking the doorpost with hyssop that isn't dipped in blood will accomplish nothing. 
You can proclaim, but I'm bride. Let me tell you, the only way you're bride is that you're under the blood. Not because that you, you ascribe to a certain set of teachings. You've been educated into the message, but because you met Christ. Do you hear me? There are spiritual Israelites today who claim to believe and have a hyssop in their hands, but are not a trace of the blood. And because of this, you see the death angel is all over them. It comes in their house. It enters through the eye. Uses tools of the, of the enemy to set before your eyes evil things. It comes in your house with television, with Hollywood dress, with makeup, with pornography, with slothful, lazy lives. No desperation, no sincerity, no dedication. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, that ain't much a, a Mother's Day sermon. It's one of the greatest I'll ever preach. Because the greatest desire of a mother is to see her children walk in truth. To come under the blood. You can't just imagine you're saved. You've got to be saved from wrath. See, the death angel... All over people's lives. You can see it in the way they dress, the way they act, the way they conduct themselves. The death angel's there. It's got a snare about them. I've got them, got a chokehold on them. It's going to be too late when we're gone. I, I'm, I'm going to announce to this church this morning I'm leaving. I'm not staying here. I have no plans to stay here. Amen. Now, I'm not going to be your pastor in the tribulation. Amen. You going to go with me? You all going with me? What about the rest of you going with me? Amen. Amen. We need to be making preparations. Get our staff in our hands. Yes, Shoes on our feet. Because the death angel's coming through. You don't think it is? Marriages busting apart. Homes that are busted apart. Fornication and adultery. Living in sin. Going on pretending that we're Christians. Living adulterous, fornicating, dirty, filthy lives. Living in sin. And yet, I believe you, Jesus. You're just waving hyssop. But Brother Tim, I I tell you, I I believe the message. Well, let me read you what Brother Branham said in the token message. He said, apply it, church. Now don't fail, will you now? Don't, don't, don't let the sun set. Don't, 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 don't rest day or night. Don't take no chance. It won't work, children. It won't work. You must have the token. You say, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I go. I, yeah, I believe the message. That's all right. But that's good. 
but you must have the token. Do you hear Branham Tabernacle? You must have the token displayed. It's not enough just to have it collected in a bowl and say, well, you know, we, we got something stored away here in case something happens. Oh, no, you've got to have it applied. Everybody passing by can see there was a lamb died there for that man. And sin is dead as midnight. And here there's a new creature. Come on. The death angel has to pass over. Amen. You must have the token displayed. Without it, all you're believing is in vain. See, you'll live a good life. You'll listen to what the word says. You go to church. You try to live right. That's fine. But that's not it. When I see the blood, that's the token. Don't just come this far and say, I believe the message. Obey, you obey the messenger. Come into Christ. You say, well, but I believe every word said, Brother Branham, that's good. But that's just being able to read. Take the message. Take it into your heart that you must have the token. The very life that was in Christ being you. When I see that, I'll pass over you. Amen. By faith, they applied the blood. See, before it was actually happened, the blood was applied by faith, believing it was going to happen. Before the wrath of God passed through the land, the blood had to be applied. It was too late after the wrath had fallen. Like Noah's ark, Noah's ark the door was shut. And there comes a time that God shuts the door. The door is shut, and when it is, Satan is sealed out. When the, when the door is shut to your ark, are you with me? Amen. Satan is sealed out. Judgment waters are sealed out. They can't get into you. The wrath that is coming can't get to you. Because why? The door is shut. And when God shuts the door, no man can open it. No devil can open it. No demon can open it. It can't get in anymore. When Satan is sealed out, he can't use your body. He can't use your tongue. He can't use your voice. Brother Branham said in the breach, he said, a seal signifies ownership. The seal has a mark on it. It shows ownership. When you are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost, you no longer belong to the world or anything pertaining to the world. You are owned by God. Amen. How many can say, that's what I want to be, owned by God, his property. Amen, because when he owns you, he puts a sign in your life that says, keep out. Devil, you can't stay any longer. Amen, no, no, the blood has been applied. You're owned by God. Another thing, a seal is a security. A seal means you're secured. Now, if you don't believe in eternal security, I don't know, but a seal signifies security to its destination. 
Amen. Woe unto, oh, listen to, woe unto the guy that would try to break that seal. And the Holy Spirit's seal cannot be broken. You all, you all heard me say that people said, the devil made me do this. No, no, the devil didn't do it. You just wasn't sealed in. So that because when you are sealed in, he is sealed out. Now you went out to him. He couldn't get into you because the only way he could get to you is to come through the same process that you have. He'd have to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and he'd be your brother. He didn't do it. No, you just went to the borderline and come back lusting for the things of the world. Never went all the way into Canaan. You see, across Jordan, death to self. That's a whole problem. Note this. When the blood is correctly applied... The Holy Ghost is on your doorpost. The entry to your soul. And there's no, ain't no death angel going to get past that seal. Are you with me? God's only provided place of worship. Brother Branham said, now, this might pinch just a little bit. I can feel it pinching quite a bit this morning. But, you know, I've learned to preach whether you say, ouch or oh me or Hallelujah. This may pinch just a little bit. Notice, don't fall out with me. Just remember, when Israel once looked on that door with that blood on the door, the name, the blood, the life, and entered in under that blood, they never went out again until they went out of Egypt. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God wherein you go in and don't go out anymore until the day you are redeemed out. You know, the Bible is always right. He puts his word in there, and you've got to place it out where it goes to make it, to make the whole picture of redemption. See, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto your redemption, till you're redeemed. You're sealed in there. You're redeemed. You're beneath the blood. You don't go out no more. And then what, what are you? God's son in the family. Sealed him by the Holy Spirit. The devil couldn't get to you if he had to. And you are buried. And your life is hid in God through Christ and sealed by the Holy Ghost. How's he going to get to you? How are you going to get out? You're there. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it, brother. When that Holy Spirit seal is there, you don't go out no more. And he don't get in. Hallelujah. The blood, the Holy Ghost is your protection against the death angel. Amen. Now, if you was ready for a Baptist sermon this morning, your Baptist time is up. We're going to keep preaching. Amen. To the rest of you that ain't Baptist. And the rest of you can get the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. And then you can just take all the word when it comes. Amen. I, I, I'm not throwing off on the Baptist. It could be Methodist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal. We need to be sons and daughters of God. Is that right? Not denominational Christian, born-again Christians. Now, this is the evening time of the age that we live in. Evening time for the church. He said, it's the evening time for me. Evening time of my message. I'm dying. I'm moving out. I'm moving out. I'm going in the evening time of the gospel. We've come up through justification and so forth. But this is the time that the token has to be applied. Now listen to this. I told you last Sunday I had something I want to talk to you about 
and this is it. The time that when you just can't play with it, it's got to be done. If it's ever going to be done, it's got to be done now. Because we can see the wrath is about ready to pass through the land and everything from under that token, that's the blood, the Holy Ghost will perish. So in the Passover time, there was a lamb that was slain. The blood was collected, placed in a basin. But then it must be dipped in the hyssop and applied and displayed on the doorpost as a sign or a token that the lamb had died. Now understand, in our day, we don't have the chemistry of the blood, but we have the life of the blood. We have to dip our faith in Christ, in the Holy Ghost, and apply the Holy Ghost to the doorposts of our heart. Are you with me? Without the blood, the covenant, the book, is of none effect. Amen. Now people are wanting today to say, well, we've got the book. We've got the word. we got the word. we got the word. And they don't have the blood. Amen. And without the blood, the word has no effect. It ain't yours unless you're joined to it by the blood. The blood is what connects you to the word. So you can claim, I believe the message, I believe, I believe, I believe all you want to. But you, the only way you can, you can really be in is to be connected by the Holy Ghost, by an experience with God yourself. Now, so in the Passover time, a lamb was slain. The blood collected, placed in a basin, but then had to be displayed as a sign that the lamb had died and its blood had been accepted in your place. Without the blood, the covenant, the book, is not in effect. Now we're here again. We can go and talk all we want to. Well, the seals are open, the book's been taken, and the seals are revealed, but it, had, it is not yours unless you're joined to it by the blood. Unless you're joined to it by a birth, by the Holy Ghost, it is not yours. It's just like, it's just like you know, that, you know, when, when, my, when my father died or, or, you know, your parents died or whatever, there, there was a will. Right? And there, there's a will, you know. Now, how come all of y'all didn't show up to the will when it was read? When my parents died? Because you wasn't his offspring. You didn't belong to him. Wasn't nothing in that book of his will yours. So, of course, you didn't hear about it. And if you did hear about it, you didn't even bother to show up coming. Right? Because your name wasn't in the book. You know, people want to say, well, it's for everybody. Let me tell you, unless you're enjoined by the blood. Amen. The reason why that I was in my family's, my father's book of inheritance, is somebody with me? Amen. Is because I was born of his blood. And because I was born of his blood, I had a right to inherit from him. You have no right of inheritance from God unless you're born of his blood. You have to be enjoined to the covenant by the blood, the Holy Ghost. 
Otherwise, it's not for you until that happens. You can go. You can sit there like a... And I, and, I, and I wonder sometimes, how many people have sat there in meetings and service after service and their name didn't get called? The message never stirred their heart. Never moved on. Well, you know, it may be that we just ain't got down to your name yet. But today, you happen to be here one more time. And right now, you can hear your name called. That you have a father. Amen. And that you have an inheritance in this book. And by being enjoyed by the blood, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I can inherit everything that God has for us. Without the blood, the covenant is not in effect. It's a Bible. It's a book, but it ain't yours. Got a lot of good things in it, but it ain't yours. Got some nice property in it, but it ain't yours. Until you get born again. It must be applied. The blood cannot just be kept in a bucket somewhere. Can't be some kind of secret boy about it. We just can't put the Holy Ghost in a bucket and sit it over in the corner. It's got to be applied. Now, Israel didn't just go up and say, well, I tell you what, you know, it'll be a privilege today to hear Moses speak. You know, we'll just get over here. We'll get the Goldbergs and, and the Joneses and the rest of them. You know, we'll go up and Moses is going to speak today. It, that wasn't it. it. It's not about a personality following. Amen. It's about, it's not even a, about coming together to talk about the message. It's about get beneath the bed. Well, what do you think about it? You know, my fellow Jew, what do you think about it? Mr. Levinsky, what do you think about it? What, what, what do you think about when that blood came down, the Holy Ghost? Came down in the audience and moved over a little lady and gave a victory in her heart and that cancer that had her plagued. I'm not talking fiction here. I'm talking about what really happened. And that devil couldn't stay. Because of the blood. Are you with me? Amen. Well, what do you think of? Well, I think that's pretty good. God heals cancer. God, God delivers. God, you know, I, I, you know, Moses. I, I saw them frogs come out of that that water. I, I, I don't know. It just happened. It didn't happen until he said it. And I know it's Jehovah God. Oh, that's fine. Well, are you circumcised? Oh, yes, sir. Are you a believer? Yes, sir. But you got to get beneath the blood. Because none of that, seeing the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and taking a stock that God's among us, all of that is not going to work. You got to have the blood. Amen. No matter how much you believe, you got to come into covenant with God yourself. 
you got to get beneath the blood. Now, Brother Brandon said, you've got to come under the blood. Now, don't just talk about it. Receive it. Hear me. Hear me in the name of the Lord. Hear me. Got to come beneath the blood. He's not responsible for any persons from beneath the blood. God made it clear that all from under that blood will perish. Now, you say, but, you know, Brother Tim, I, we've cast out devils in his name. I, we preach the gospel. He's going to say to many, depart from me, you, you worker iniquities. I never knew you. He only recognizes the token. Are you with me? Amen. Brother Bradham said he was sitting down in the woods. And the boys was wondering, and here two days, you didn't even shoot a squirrel. What's the matter? He said, that was it. God said, place it upon them. Upon them, said, you've talked to me about it. Now it's in your lap. It's in yours. He won't recognize nothing but that covenant of the Holy Spirit. You can't receive, you can't, cannot receive that covenant unless you're saved, sanctified, and baptized in that body. He will not. You might have an impersonation. You might feel good. I think sometimes that's our problem. We just pray long enough till we get to feeling a little better. Right. Nellie Sanders got to put down the boy. She had that little sweet peace come on her. Right. Jump up and down, speak in tongues, dance in the spirit. They don't have one thing to do with it. Hear it in the name of the Lord. God don't recognize that. Heathens do that. Witches do that. You say... Now, here comes the other side. I'm a scholar. And brother, have we made scholars out of people around the message? We've drilled it in. We've put it in. We've we pressed it down. We've taught them this and we've taught them that. All of that teaching is not the token. Right, Amen. The token is a personal experience with God that changes your life. Not educating you into a doctrine, but getting you filled with life. Some of you have heard it since you was a child on your mother's knee, but it's more than that. That ain't going to save you one bit. He said, the devil don't care how much a scholar you are. He is too. Amen. He only recognizes the token. Now listen, that's the message of the hour. That's the message of this day. That's the message of this time. In the name of Jesus Christ, receive it. Brother Bradham said the evening time message is to apply the token. That's the message. I wonder sometimes, have we missed the message? Educating, indoctrinating, teaching, all of that is good. But if you miss that life, you ain't nothing but a Pharisee, a good Amish from Mennonite boy or girl taught how to conform. You've got to have the life. Notice, they were not just yet to come together to talk about the message. And that's what we've done. We've done a lot of talking about it. 
They come together to apply the blood, apply the token. Now, Brother Branham, after he preached the seals, he evaluated his own church. And, and he spoke, um, uh, you know, just before his token sermon, he, he would tell his, Sunday, his church Sunday, I've got something I've got to present to you. I, I've got to talk to you. And this is what he said. He said, um, when we come here, we are here for one specific purpose. This is the house of correction. This is the throne. This is the throne of God. And judgment goes forth from the house of God. And here's where we come together, gather in love with one another as only Christians can love. But in here, we're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Ghost is among us. And we're here to take reckoning among us, to see where our short places are, our shortcomings, and how we can catch from where we should be or over to where we ought to be now where we are and where we ought to be. And that's what we study. And ministers study those places for their people. When they see the people, the lack, then they begin on that. Amen. I take can't study for you. That's why it takes preaching. Amen. To do what? To find your lack. To show you where you are and what you ought to be. Amen. You know, Brother Branham would say some things to Branham Tabernacle. You know, we, we hear the sermon that is preached just once more, Lord. Just once more, Lord. We apply that to the Pentecostals. They're blinded. You know, they can't see. They sold out to a woman. Brother Branham preached that to his church. He said, this is what's happening to the whole movement. This ain't just some isolated Pentecostal group. This is all of us. It was first preached at Brother Branham's Tabernacle as a deceived church by the world. I believe the term just once more, Lord, refers to us today. The restored church. Come on, somebody. A a restored church like Samson, whose hair has grown back out. I believe there's a new crop. Amen. Who who can say, just once more, Lord. Just once more, let me feel what what the church felt on the day of Pentecost. Let that strength return. Let that power return. Brother Branham would preach about it. And he would, be, he would preach about God restoring, restoring the glory to the church. I want to show you, I want to show you a sign. I want to show you a sign. Mariah, are you here? Stand up then. Mariah, this is a little girl. Lost all her glory. This is a little girl here, a little virgin girl that the devil took away her glory. She had alopecia, went totally bald-headed. Doctors said it would never come back. Amen. But she's a sign among us. Did somebody hear me preach? She is a sign among us. 
that God will restore the glory of his church. And we are a people that is coming back to our original glory. Hallelujah. Paul said he would change from glory unto glory until he comes back to its original glory. And here she is, a sign to you right in our midst that God is restoring the glory back to his church again. Hallelujah, that the same grain that was planted in the beginning is restored back to the original grain again. The Alpha Bride comes back as the Omega Bride in the last days. Amen. It's come down from Pagan to Wesley out to Pentecost, changing from glory to glory, producing the hidden manna. And he said, and now it's ripe to bring him back exactly like he was at the beginning. His same ministry, the same Jesus, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, the same one that came on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today from glory unto glory unto glory. And back to its original seed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same signs, same wonders, same baptism, same kind of people acting the same way with the same power, the same sensation. It's from glory to glory. And the next will be, are you ready for the next? The next will be changed from this glory unto a body like his own glorious body where we shall see him. I remember, I remember that day when I preached. I brought out 1 Corinthians 11 that a woman's glory is her hair and the Bible said she is not to cut it. I'm preaching Bible. I'm not preaching church entity. I'm preaching Bible. We're talking about what the Bible said. Amen. All this other death in the camp, that's somebody else's business. I'm not preaching death. I'm preaching life. Amen. Same thing. It tells a man that he's not to have long hair. He's to cut it off. You know, the Holy Ghost will make a man, a man masculine and make a woman feminine. Oh, yeah, it really will. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. But I was preaching that day, and I mentioned that that hair is a woman's glory. And I said, why would you want to trim that glory off? And I looked out there after preaching that sermon. This is just part of my sermon that day. The inspiration, the Lord gave it to me. And there I looked out there and saw that little bald-headed girl with a little cap on her head. And I said, this ain't right. This ain't right that a child of God, a daughter of God, a daughter of the king be robbed of her glory. When the Bible tells us that that's her glory and the devil has robbed that. And I said, we're not standing for it. Come on down here, Mariah. We laid hands on her that day and rebuked that devil. Hallelujah. Amen. The process was beginning right there. Things began to happen. The cogs of God's wheels. A prophecy was taking place. And here she stands today with restored glory in her life. 
Hallelujah. Why? Because we said there's no vulture, there's no demon, there's no devil that is going to take the glory away from this end time church. But there will be a church that will have the glory of the risen King among us, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, you know, I can say, well, God don't care about such a small thing as that. You remember, there are people right here in this church can remember that God called out a woman whose name was Mary over that. I won't call her last name, but you all know who I'm talking about. A lot of you do. Mary was a beautician. Now lives up in Indiana somewhere. I don't know where. But anyway, made quite a change but stop short of the token. Amen. Stop short of getting the Holy Ghost. I met her and her husband in my office. One day she was so agitated and angry. Just so blunt on her nerves and angry and on the edge and speaking to me. And the Holy Spirit came down in that room and Satan was cast out. I remember just like it was yesterday. And after that devil was cast out, there was a sweet peace came upon her. She just sat down in a chair, went sound asleep for over an hour while my hus- her husband and I spoke. She got up from there, a different person. And I took the scripture and I said, You've had your problems now as a beautician. You think you know everything about it. But here's what the Bible said. I said, now, don't you ever cut your hair again. Problem was, she got emptied out but didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost. Wasn't long that the devil started coming back. Little by little. Scratching at the door. She let it in here and let it in there. Been again flirting with it. She thought she knew everything about hair. She was a beautician. She was looking at her hair one day. Ah, this is, ain't nothing wrong with cutting this. Ah, these are dead ends here. I'll just cut them off. Her husband was getting ready for work that day. She was combing her hair, getting ready to go to church, looking at her. I'm going to cut this off. It don't, it don't mean nothing to God. He just kind of looked at her. Didn't say a word, knew better than to say anything. She was feisty. He just looked over at her. She said, I'll knock that other eye out of you. I said, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to church today. And if we'll find out whether God cares about that or not. said, I'll go to church and I'll make a deal with you. If Brother Tim, don't say nothing about hair. I'll know there's nothing wrong with it, that God don't care. It'll be our sign. And she marches herself in church and sits down in the service. And I'm in the middle of my sermon. And I stop in the middle and I look at her. And I says, isn't that right, Sister Mary? You remember that day in that office when God told you not to cut your hair again, you remember what God did for you that day. Don't you dare forget it. And she broke down crying. 
She just wilted in her seat crying. And I went to her after church and I said, Sister, I didn't mean to call you out and embarrass you today. She said, Brother Tim, no, you didn't embarrass me. You exposed the very things that was in my heart. Amen. God cares. But sometimes later, the tempter come back. But let me just tell you, church. Let's talk about you this morning. Let's talk about that restored glory that God's doing. Brother Brandon said, but there is a new generation coming on now. Samson's hair has grown out. Hallelujah. I believe right now there's a new generation that is rising up right now of people that the original glory is coming back to the church. And I can feel their seven lots again. Amen. The powers of God through seven church ages. And I can see there's a bride standing on her feet. A people with a restored glory again. And I say to that Samson this morning, get a hold of those pillars. Get a hold of those pillars. Amen. Press against it with everything that you got in you. Amen. Get a hold of those pillars. Amen. The house is coming down. The devil's kingdom is coming down. Hell is coming down. And there's a bride rising in power. I say hallelujah. I say we ought to rejoice in that. I believe there's people being restored right now. I will restore, saith the Lord, of people who are being enjoined by blood to that covenant. Stand together and worship God. Love him with all your heart right now. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. The church being restored. The people knowing who they are. We don't have to be a church deceived by the world. Don't you lay your, your head in the lap of some Delilah somewhere and let the world cut off your power. God called you to be a people of power, a people of grace, a people of mercy. Hallelujah. In my name they will cast out devils. In my name they'll speak with new tongues. Amen. In my name, they'll preach the message. And the message, my friend, is apply the token. Apply it. Get the Holy Ghost. Sell out the whole world. Take this whole world. Give me Jesus. What is that, D? Take this whole world. You just talk to him just a moment. I'll tell you what, let me change that into the chamber. Be free, Holy Spirit. Now what is that? F. Into the chamber. Be free, Holy Spirit.
Place it all for my friend. Amen. 